0: Hey everybody, it is Tuesday, 4pm in the Eastern, which means it is time for the Monster Maverick Show. And I just noticed, when I was looking at the uh, list of people you know in the in the broadcast audience, <laughs> that I'm now listed as Neil McSpreadsheet. <laughs> and apparently, Rondon says it's been <laughs> three days, and I'm just noticing now. Well, you know, it just goes to show how much I notice the small details on Palmet of the Discord. But um, yeah, I've, you know, I've been chatting a little bit in the spicy, spicy chat uh, channel, and I, you know, I read the uh, crypto trading discussion section. Ah, uh, well, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's the little things. <laughs> uh, we actually have a lot of little things to go over today. But uh, yeah, so welcome everybody. It's another week. It's been. It's the end of the year. It's December 29th. So December 31st is obviously right around the corner. I was just struggling with clients trying to get payroll done by the end of the year in order to qualify for PPP purposes, um, but that's a whole other that's a whole other show, really. <laughs> but we got we got some people filing in here. We got Alpha Chino, we got Biz, we got Edicted, Inertia, Paul TRX, Rondon, producer extraordinaire, Yabba P Matt, one of our great founders, the coding genius behind uh, Splinterlands, so, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, a bunch of stuff of things that are that have happened during the year. You know, nice little retrospective. Uh, things that are upcoming for next year. And uh, just a smorgasbord of, of other topics. So, you know, as always, I, I always like to remind people, you know, Deck 101, Deck 404, those are our uh, our earlier our Discord-based Splinterland services. Uh, Deck 101 is where if you want to... If you want to sell your rewards cards, you don't feel like fiddling with the market and sitting there and waiting and not getting paid that much because, you know, they don't, a lot of them don't go for that much over burn rates. Just send it to deck 101 and you get one block later, three seconds, you get, uh, you know, payment of 101% of the burn rate. Uh, Alphagina says, hi, I usually miss your show. So glad to catch you this morning. You must be in the other hemisphere, but welcome. Glad you made it. And then deck 404 is our, uh, account sharing uh, service where you know owners of cards delegate cards to a player uh, a playing account or a gamer account is what we call it then a player comes in and plays that account for uh, you know quests and and uh, season rewards and all those kinds of things and then you know all the rewards are liquidated and then split 5050 so we actually had a bit of a um, a bit of a, uh, a vote uh, so <laughs> this was a miscommunication between Gerber and I and Gerber's the other Half behind uh, the deck 101, deck 404 services, where I had thought that we were splitting packs, and it turns out we had been opening them. So uh, I put in a vote for um, put in a vote in the deck 404 channel on the Discord, and I was saying, well, do you want you know packs to be open and then you know the and then the, the cards liquidated and then Dark Engine Crystal split, or do you want the packs to build up to an even number and then split the packs? So it was actually a one by one vote. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna switch that to um, to packs being built up to even numbers and then split between the player and the gamer. So uh, that is a little little update there. And you know, the uh, we have some some very cool stuff coming in twenty twenty one. I still can't tell you what it is, uh, but it's gonna be amazing. And the thing that we're waiting on is uh, Gerber to finish futzing around with uh d city (laughs) because you know that's his primary baby i guess uh so our our stuff comes you know after the development on that is done and they're doing a lot of cool new things with uh with their latest expansion as far as combining uh nfts and creating new events in the uh, in the d city ecosystem you know positive events and negative events and then you can like there's going to be like economic depressions which will lower your your uh, employment, and then you can you can create new cards out of old cards by combining them together, and then that will have effects that counteract those those system wide events. So really cool stuff. Uh, still has not been released yet, so so our stuff is waiting behind that. Other cool things to to keep in in mind or just to be aware of. You know, so Cal from, from Leo Finance dropped a tweet earlier today. There's a, the biggest airdrop ever seen on Hive is coming to Leo power slash W Leo holders announcement coming soon. So that's kind of exciting. <laughs> now I, I do know what this is about because, you know, me and Cal are tight like that, but uh, I do not know the specifics. So, you know, it might be. It, if you're following the Leo project, you know, Leo Finance, Leo Dex, uh, Hive Stats, and, and you like what, what has been been doing, like, like how that's been going, you might want to consider, uh, you know, taking this into consideration. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it says, this has been a long time in the making. The architecture design process alone has taken our team several months and also required us to bring on a new member to focus on this full time. And yes, this has been an announcement to announce. The announcement. <laughs> so this is not the official announcement. Uh, many of you already know what this project is, as we've talked about it publicly and sourced ideas from members in our community. The core idea remains the same, but the project itself has taken on a much bigger meaning as we continued the design process. And then if you go over to Leo Finance, just, oops, if I can type, you will see some interesting stuff. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the the announcement is on the front page of of Leo Finance, but I am saying that things about what the announcement is about is on the front page, and you'll have to do a little bit of investigation on your own for that. And um, so anyway, just FYI, right? Uh, I I do not directly benefit from any of this. I am a Leo holder and all that kind of stuff, and I, I'm a supporter of the project, but that's that's about it. I'm a whale, but uh, an enthusiastic whale, just like I am with Splinterlands. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. And Foxcoin is dropping a YouTube video from Boston Dynamics. Do you love me? Did you see this? They are here to take your works. I'm not going to play that right now. <laughs> I'll check it out later. But uh, you know, you never know what's going to make it into the recording. How lot you hold, Leo? Uh, like, how much do I hold? I've got like uh, 50,000, something like that. And (coughs) most of that is in the liquidity pool. But I've got another chunk in my wallet. (coughs) Excuse me. Let me take a drink. Someone should level up so I can drink more. Um, But yeah, I also have uh, about 1,500 Leo miners. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Rich list, Leo. Yeah, I'm actually not going to show up on that because my rich list or my Leo is mostly in the, in the, uh, in the wrapped Leo liquidity pool. So uh, we'll touch on liquidity pools in just a moment here. Cause, uh, you know, there was a, there was a recent announcement about that, but, uh, one of the, uh, let's make it buy a lot of hive <laughs> on the list of things I'm not going to be doing is buying a lot of hive. Uh, so what, one of the, uh, one of the great things about, you know, so my main business taxer, so, you know, we've been, uh, we've been, uh, working a lot on the back end as far as getting things, uh, organized, right. And so we implemented uh, using monday.com as far as our task management and project management kind of stuff. And I've actually started using it for monster Mavericks. So I actually have this whole list of things. You can't see it on my screen because it's in a different window, but I have this whole list of, of things to talk about and it's like an itinerary or an agenda or whatever and it's just amazing to have organization and things prepared rather than just kind of winging it so (laughs) inertia says everybody can buy a lot of hive that's true because hive is super cheap what is it at 11 cents something like that let's see what banjo says Uh, 11.2 cents down five percent hey you know we'll see but uh you know, if you guys did not get one, uh, there was an email sent out to the Splitterlands email list. And it was it was pretty good, I thought. Uh, I'm just going to get some quick uh, blurbs from it. Maybe I'll paste some of this here. Let's still do, do that. Oh, over 2,000 characters. Can't do that. Okay, Uh, so I won't do that. So they're saying that, you know, this the the email comes from Agro. So it says we've had a great year. Revenue is expected to come in at 1.5 million, 25% increase over last year. Good for them. Doesn't really affect us that much as players and users. But here's the interesting part. Player base has grown from 22,000 registered users to 45,000 registered users. That's that's double over over a year, which is great. Uh, We've had a total of forty four point six million matches played. We're averaging over a hundred thousand per day Uh, you know land sales obviously we know about land sales the uh, The first two first one sold out immediately second one sold out very very quickly third one has not sold out still open for another couple days and uh, Looking like that will not end up selling out. In fact, let's take a quick look here land So got two days and two hours and 48 minutes left of land sale and does it say how much is left i don't even know region oh, we can only buy one region yeah um, not sure how much is left but uh, I, it looks like it's not gonna sell out <laughs> uh, yeah but it says we're okay with it not selling out it will all sell it eventually it will just be at full price <laughs> great and that's going to the suckers uh so paul brings up an interesting point here our raffle is suddenly going to be worth a lot more so yes so if you go back to my old post on the raffle math that was assuming that the um that the land sale stage three sells out and at mostly discounted prices you know for the bulk sales of regions and tracks and it's looking like that's not going to be the case. So in the raffle drawing, there's going to be far fewer raffle tickets. Well, not far fewer, but, you know, 10, 15, 20% fewer uh, than, than what we expected, which means that the expected value is going to be 10, 20, 15% higher per ticket. And um, uh, business is still trying to arrange one more pool, uh, buying land uh, round, th- round three prices. Now, keep in mind, so Dark energy Crystals, if we go over to here, to Trading View, Dark haze crystals are trading at, you know, 831 splintoshis here. And so if we're at uh, what is it? uh 10,500,000 or 10 000, yeah times 0. .008314684. That's uh that's that's an $8,000 $8,730 region which is actually lower than the 9,000 that I paid. <laughs> now, granted, I've got my deck mostly through gaming over the course of, like, a year, but um, still, that, that's, uh, you know, sticks in, sticks in the crawl just a little bit that, you know, people could come in and buy at what is effectively a cheaper price uh, than what I paid at that time. Because, you know, it's always opportunity cost, right? Because, you know, if I have 9 million Dark hinge Crystals, which I used to, You know, I could have sold them, or I could have bought the the Land Sale 2. Now granted, I do get a Legendary Totem out of that, because I missed out on Land Sale 1. So, eh, that might make up for it a bit. But, uh, I don't know if it's going to make up for $300. You know, we'll see. I know Yabba's been dropping uh, hints that he thinks um, that uh, Legendary Totems will be worth quite a bit more. But, you know, we, we shall see. So, uh, but the email goes on, you know, created a number of great partnerships, Electronium, COGS, Blockchain Heroes, Galley Games. By the way, uh, I had no idea COGS were so, you know, pricey, <laughs> you know, because there was the promotion they had, you know, last week, the week before. Uh, if you buy some packs, you'll get some COGS. And uh, I just kind of ignored it because I don't have time for any other games. And, uh, you know, apparently people were selling them for a lot. So I guess I missed out on that one. And Agro goes on to say, "We've done all that in an absolutely brutal market. For starters, we considered we're considered the number one game in crypto, but the base token Hive is literally worth one seven thousandth the price of Ethereum. Okay, like many altcoins, yeah, uh, you know, it's great that Hive has no transaction fees; it makes the game possible. So, kudos to that. But as far as attracting uh, outsiders, you know, it doesn't because you know Hive doesn't attract outsiders like that. Uh, And then." We're looking to 2021 as a banner year for crypto and Splinterlands. Uh, talking about Bitcoin rising, uh, Splinterlands is perfectly positioned to take advantage of gaming partnerships as companies and people who want to plant a flag in the crypto space. We'll have to figure out how to build here or rely on those who already do as the largest game in crypto and built on a chain that can scale. We're uniquely positioned as a company to grow, which sounds great. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, doing crowdfunding stuff, um, You know, they're looking at that as as a way to grow our investor base and player base at the same time. And then there is, it says there's a few days left to sign a safe in 2020. It still carries a 25% discount to the lead round. We're targeting $5 billion raise in 2021 on a $20 million pre-money valuation. Uh, Given the market, given the new market conditions, it's pretty investor friendly. If you'd like to get in, you know, then they can, you can contact Agro there and the, the bottom line here, we've done all this bootstrapping on a poorly known blockchain in a massive bear market, and we're extremely excited to see where we can go over the next year as hordes of new users and new money start pouring into the blockchain space. Will, will you be there with us in the Splinterlands, or will you tell your friends how you had the chance and passed? <laughs> I was just saying, I was told Bitcoin would be 29000 today. We were told that, weren't we? Ah, it's turned green, though. We're back up to 27146 one forty six nice little reversal candle so it's not all not all bad but uh yeah i'm still calling 29.5 by december 31st so we got two and a half days for that uh so that that was the email that agrid sent out to the splinterlands list i thought it was worth reviewing uh check your check your email if you didn't get it um because maybe it's in like spam or something so you know, take it out of there if if you if you can uh so you know <laughs> so here there's another tweet that uh, I wanted to share which is this one here oh I forgot to mention that you can look at my screen and follow along <coughs> Oh, shame that email only went to investors ah, good to know uh, <laughs> so you know the the key thing there is that the um, user base is up which is great uh, we're gonna look at the charts there for a little bit, and um, games up, games are played, games played are up, and that is the key to the whole thing, you know. Player based growth, like I've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, months and months, possibly years, uh, is the key to everything. <laughs> so, uh, Splinterlands came out with this post just a little while ago. The Great Gala Gala, an epic bronze tournament, December 31st, 5 a.m. and 8 p.m. UTC, register and challenge. Remember the challenge where we did the, um, the, the live, the live, uh, tournament brackets, which was, you know, hmm, I I don't know if a fun is the right word. It was, it was entertaining. Let's say that. (laughs) So the, uh, you know, it's, it's year end, you know, Gala Games is one of the Splinterlands partners. I know they had um i forgot the guy's name was it eric i know somebody from gala on the ama uh, a a while ago so worth uh worth supporting i think so but some of the cool stuff is that you can win uh mirandus land from go gala games and more and if you go over to the actual page you'll see here that uh a whole bunch of stuff so mirandus which i you get number one prize is an outpost deed which is worth 500 bucks uh a crane second and third get a crane bot for townstar valued at 300 bucks and the fourth is a homestead deed for merendus valued at 100 bucks which is uh you know a nice a nice chunk of change now i have not played any of these games and you know i might check them out now that we have some some exposure to them uh but you know Always worth a tournament, you know? And then, you know, on down from there, prizes are on are Gala Coins and, and other goodies. So, worth checking out. I thought, is, it, is it live on the Events tab? It probably is. Upcoming. D-City. That's 1-1. One, one. A-game. Actually, I don't see it. That's interesting. We'll have to... I see Pioneer Bank. And I see D-City. But that's... That's it. Uh, by the way, d city tournaments are worth uh, worth checking out. A lot of times, it's basically just free money. <laughs> so, you know, not enough people enter them. Uh, I forget what the oh, you need entry tokens, uh, which you can get through uh, through D City. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's you know, check out D City. It's complimentary to Splinterlands. A lot of a lot of the same players are there. And uh, also makes, you know, a nice little, nice passive return. DCD is a much more passive game, which I like. Um, so the events tab only shows tournaments created through the game, not external challenge ones. Okay, fair enough. I thought they would have created some for the game as well. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Check it out on the challenge link, and I guess register there. So, uh, oh, back what I was saying about following along on the screen, obviously anybody who's watching the replay on YouTube uh, can see it there. But uh, if you're listening to the replay on Spotify or on Anchor FM or Google Podcasts, then you can check out the YouTube video. But if you're live, you can go to theta.tv, you can go to mspwaves.com, you can go to vim.tv, I think it is. I can never remember the URLs. But uh, (laughs) Akrim is here. Sorry she's late. One of those days is an understatement. I've had many of those days, so I I understand. Uh, So yeah, so... That is a fun little thing that came out just a little while ago uh, and worth, worth checking out. Okay, so in the emote, <laughs> you know, we talked about how, uh, you know, users grew and everything. But I wanted to see that in an actual chart. Uh, not hive stats. Uh, what is Rafalski's site? Hive space? Hive dot uh, why am I blanking on this? Hive data. Hive data.space. There we go. Jeez. I do this every week. You think I'd know the URL by now? But let's let's check out uh, going back to 1-1. One, one. Okay. Battles. So here we can see battles fought. And you see a serious uptick over the course of the year. Uh, averaging 84, 850 over the course of the year, but lately it's been more like 100,000. And uh, four challenge games a day. That's actually kind of surprising. I didn't think anybody was doing that. 47 practice games a day. I bet a lot of those are new users. Uh, let me actually post this here. And 1885 surrender today. That's, that's not bad. One and a half, you know, 2%, something like that um you know the surrender games is often an indicator of uh i guess of either i'm not sure how wafowski counts it here if that includes tournament uh battles but if it does then a lot of that is just people who didn't submit stuff if it doesn't then that's going to be a lot of like bot mismatch kind of stuff in the uh probably in the lower leagues Uh, but let's go ahead and look at users all active users here we see a nice nice uptrend again uh, which is great to see starting at lower left uh we have it says he thinks he's counting people who actually click surrender could be um, lower left is 3156 upper right is 5797 in terms of total users this is this is under the real players if we look at including the the transacting which is you know has huge spikes at season ends uh inertia says people like me who don't play certain splinters are being forced to yeah if you don't have a complete deck that can be hard because uh, sometimes like you know so anybody anybody who's on a daily quest their splinter will always be enabled uh but if you are not on a daily quest sometimes you can have a match where it's there's only one splinter available and if you don't have that one you're stuck so you know it's it's in it's in your interest in those regards to have a complete deck but you know you want to take the L and, and lose the points? Then hey, that's an investment decision you can make. Uh, so anyway, so with with all all users, including playing plus transacting, we see on the bottom right, uh, we hit a we hit a dip way down there, thirty three ninety seven, and this most latest uh, day we have fifty nine thirty. So again, about double, which is great. Uh, what do we see on tournaments? Eh, tournaments are not such a useful thing purchases. Well, let's look at, let's look at purchases. So we have this huge spike here back in, I guess, beginning of May, Uh, I suppose that was the untamed uh, release or I don't even know if we're in the right year anymore. So that kind of that kind of skews the graph here. But we can see that the average is um, booster packs is 1206 a day. That's Mm, that's a good chunk of packs. Obviously, a lot of those are given away in in quest and season rewards, but still, uh, that that is a lot. Let's see, what we have under cards, delegations, and eh, not so useful. Quest finish ratio. Eh, this is a little bit interesting. That you know the, the quest finish ratio eighty four percent a day, which is not bad. I think. Ah, my copy didn't take. Here we go. Anyway, so I think all these, all these charts together do paint a picture of growth over the, over the last year, which is great. And, uh, you know, I agree with, with Agro's position that, you know, new highs in Bitcoin is going to attract more attention, more people will start jumping into crypto, and the, a lot of those will funnel into the Splinterlands ecosystem. So that's all, you know, to the good. Plus, you know, the Google app is live, iOS is being submitted um, sometime soon. Uh, You know, they still need to work on the the development there and getting the tutorials and everything uh, into the mobile game, but uh, tournaments as well But you know, I think it's all it's all trending upwards. So I am a fan and I am I am Cautiously optimistic as always I guess so You know that I think is a great picture. So that's that's the past though in the future we gotta look at different things because you know the future might rhyme with the past but it is not the same so let's uh let's take a look again at at bitcoin here and let's zoom out for a week so this is not financial advice that i'm about to share but take with it whatever you want to take with it so let me zoom here get my scale right okay so this is Bitcoin's chart. And this is a log chart, meaning that the y-axis is, you know, powers of, of 10, basically, rather than, you know, multiples of 10. So, you know, from one level to another is, is 10x, and from that level to the, next, the, the same vertical space is another 10x. So from that bottom to the top becomes 100. So I say all that to say that these angled uh, line segments are not straight lines. They are exponential curves, Uh, but they are, they have been supporting trend lines that we've seen in the crypto market for a long time, you know, years and years, basically. And, you know, if you follow plan B stuff, you know, with, with the stock to flow model and just other kind of logic based, um, arguments, you know, with the having, uh, cutting the, the marginal supply of Bitcoin in half every four years, we tend to have four year cycles. So uh, that having obviously occurred in the summer of 2020, and since then, you know, pandemic aside, you know, things have been trending upward nicely. So in the last cycle, we saw, you can see that on this, uh, on the left hand uh, portion where you see that blue bar that's going upwards has that 998.63%. So that is a measurement of the extension above the trend curve, which is an exponential curve to the market peak. So we, we 10x, uh, basically, so 1000% above the trend line. So if we take that same increase, that puts us at, uh, you know, somewhere in the summer of 2021, that puts us at $205,000 uh, per Bitcoin. <coughs> now, obviously, um, that does not directly impact Splinterlands in any way. What that does impact is people's attention being drawn into crypto. So we're going to see hordes of people, assuming I'm anywhere close to right, we're going to see hordes of people getting into crypto for the first time. And those people will say, well, you know, crypto's cool and all, uh, but a, I don't want to buy $205,000 coin. B, uh, there's, what's all this other stuff, you know, when they see, you know, uh, DAP ratings and everything. And obviously that's going to be a smaller percentage, but the numbers are going to be so big that a smaller percentage will do us just, just nicely. So, <clears throat> I, I expect uh, a lot of those people to make their way into Splinterlands. On top of that, you know, the Bitcoin whales or, or, you know, the Ethereum whales or whichever whales have all this money to throw around. It's that wealth effect kind of thing. You know, people make fun of, of Ben Bernanke for talking about it, but he's absolutely right. <laughs> uh, is is asking, is there any credible counter-narrative to stock to flow? Uh, it depends on what you mean by credible. Uh, the counter-narrative is that it's all a scam, right? It's worth nothing, backed by nothing, uses power... Uh, equal to a third world country and so on but uh, there's no there's no uh, direct you know counter-argument yeah that it will have to fall apart at some point so yeah I was I was saying this in a different discord the other day that Bitcoin and crypto in general is still a very binary bet it will either survive and and take its place as a monetary instrument or it won't so uh, if it doesn't it will go to zero if it does it won't go to zero it'll go to some other number and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, yeah uh, yeah but saying if followed out 30 years it gets totally ridiculous so it will work until it doesn't yeah it's it's not gonna be a, a a smooth exponential curve it's gonna be a logarithmic curve and we can see that here uh, in this chart these two cycles are at different angles and those different angles represent different exponential growth rates, and the current one we're on is on a is on a slower one than the previous one, and that's because as things grow and become larger, they are harder to move, and then you just have that 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 logarithmic uh, growth function type of thing where it flattens out at the top. But uh, we are still, I think, I think we're going to have this cycle and next cycle as as booms, uh, and then after that it'll be mature, uh, and. And it will not grow at that st- at that same rate. And basically, I think this this cycle is going to be about the institutions. You know, you have your micro strategies. Uh, you know, Elon Musk is tweeting you know st- st- stupid stuff about uh, about Bitcoin. Um, but you have you have all these companies that are coming in and saying, "Hey, we should we should look at this and possibly use Bitcoin as uh, you know either an inflation hedge or a treasury asset or however you want to phrase it." But there there a lot of companies are actively developing uh, interest in Bitcoin and buying it. So this wave, I think it's going to be all about that market segment, the smart money. And then after that, uh, we'll have the true monetization where uh, it becomes a daily part of people's lives. Oh, Agrods here. Welcome. So, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the stock to flow model and projection. Um, and, uh, what you, what you should really check out is the S2FX. Uh, which is the stock to flow cross asset model? <laughs> Who invited Agred. Uh You know, and, and that he he uh, instead of a time series like like Agred has here, he's got a a multi asset um, you know a curve fit basically, where he's got uh, he's got Bitcoin in its different epochs of different happenings as well as uh, gold and silver and real estate and uh, there's one or two other things in there. But uh, let's see if I can find that real quick. Let's say, plan B S2FX graph chart. Bah, bah, bah. That's not the one, that's not the one. Here we go, this is the one. So this is the, uh, the, the cross asset model, which is his latest iteration. So basically, the different habiting cycles correspond to different these different colored dots, um, and then the blue is the actual uh, the actual price of Bitcoin in those different epochs. So you can see that in the beginning, obviously, it's much more spread out because you know much more volatile, and then as we've gone into into the different epochs, <coughs> it's tightened up quite a bit, and uh, now we will see how it comes uh, how it develops for this current one. So. You know, I think I think his projections. You know, he said two two hundred eighty eight thousand. Uh, I think that's that's reasonable, and I know it's crazy to say, but uh, that's that's exponential math for you. But um, so with all that coming in the future, hopefully, if things go as we expect them to, then uh, you know uh, we're going to see a lot of new splinterlands players, and I'm I'm excited about it. So as part of that, we have. Uh, this update, which came from, uh, I don't know who actually wrote this, but if, it sounds like Yaba, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can confirm or deny or, or not, but, uh, it sounds like you're ready. So, uh, you know, there's the, there's the, the, the Uniswap, uh, dark Energy crystal Ethereum liquidity pool. And through, I guess tomorrow or the day after people who are involved in that pool on a monthly basis, get uh, a promotional, uh, reward in terms of land plots. So like, <laughs> yeah, but confirms nothing. So, uh, so like for me, I got, I got 26 land plots uh, out of, uh, out of, you know, providing liquidity because I provide liquidity up to land sale number one and then I withdrew it, but then I ended up not, uh, not winning, so it just kind of sat there. Uh, but that runs out for, you know, at the end of, at the end of December. So what they are doing is uh, they are creating a new dark energy crystal reward pool and uh this this chunk right here a new source of dark energy crystal inflation will be added to the game that will specifically be paid out to liquidity providers in the dark energy crystal ethereum uniswap pool the new inflation source will produce a total of 100 million new dark energy crystals over the course of one year which is approximately 274,000 per day uh it may sound like a lot at first But in the scheme of things, it's actually relatively small, while still providing some very enticing returns for liquidity providers. Please see the Dark Energy Crystal economy section below for more details on that. Starting on January 1st, 2021, approximately 274,000 Dark Energy Crystals will be awarded every day to accounts that provide liquidity to the Dark Energy Crystal Ethereum Uniswap pool, in proportion to the amount of liquidity they have provided as compared to the total in the pool. Uh, as always, liquidity provided by Splinterlands, roughly 65,000 slash 40 million Dark Energy crystals, will not be eligible for the promotion and will not be counted in liquidity totals. At the time of the writing, there's around 80 million deck in the pool after taking out Splinterlands portions, which means the liquidity providers will earn 62% returns in deck tokens per year. <coughs> now, that is in bold, and it is worth putting in bold because that's a lot. Um, so. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, we've talked over the past couple of weeks about what the what the kind of expected ranges of dark energy crystals are, and we know how you know. Yeah, Ben Agro uh, talked on the last uh, AMA, or maybe this one before, about how DECs is, is sort of the stable coin of the Splinterlands economy. So uh, if you if you know your ranges and you are looking at uh, providing liquidity, then you know, sixty-two percent is is really attractive, and that's in DEC terms. So, you know, when we look at the when we look at the lows, uh, well, daily is not a good look for that. <laughs> I always have to adjust this chart because it has this tracking error thing. You mm-hmm. know, what's the factor of a thousand between friends? So, uh, so dark Energy crystal chart here. We can see that the lows are like seventy or seven hundred splintoshis and highs are about a thousand. And it kind of bounces in those ranges. And there's very good reasons for that based on the the fundamentals of how dark engine crystals work and how the burn rates of cards and the price of cards in USD all interrelate. So, you know, sixty-five, six hundred and fifty splintoshis, kind of your absolute bottom before arbitrage sets in. So if you're looking at at pooling dark energy crystals to get to them, don't call them splintoshi's. we'll talk to Agra, that's what he calls them uh so if if you're looking at providing liquidity and you get in at <laughs> it, into one of those low low areas uh then that can be really attractive because now you're making 60 62 percent in dark energy crystal terms uh potentially you know as as competition increases that'll decrease but you're also getting market upside so uh the great thing about the liquidity pools on Uniswap is that there's no long period lockup. You can, you can add liquidity, you can withdraw, uh, liquidity at, at any time. And, uh, so that, that is a really interesting, uh, uh plan or a really interesting approach, uh, to provide to rewarding that, that liquidity <laughs> Spoy. <laughs> uh, so as as more liquidity is contributed to the pool, oh, this is the point I was just making. That number will come down a bit, but considering that there's not a whole lot of deck left in circulation at this point because of the land sales, uh, we expect the returns to remain very high, which is the goal in order to incentivize participation. And then there's reward bonus multiplier. And this is uh, kind of kind of geyser related. If you are if you are uh, in the Ethereum world, uh, we also want to encourage people to provide liquidity consistently and for longer periods of time and reward those who do as a result a bonus multiplier will be added to each participant's percentage of the liquidity pool based on the amount of time they provided they have kept their liquidity in the pool participants will earn a one percent bonus multiplier to the amount of liquidity they provided for each day they remain in the pool each day up to a maximum of 100 uh, percent or a 2x uh, mul- you know bonus which can be reached after remaining in the pool for 100 days if at any time an account removes an amount of liquidity from the pool, their bonus multiplier will reset to zero. And <clears throat> so that's that's very similar to to other Geyser models where you know they want to incentivize you to to you know like I said with Leo you know pool early and pool often. <laughs> and uh, they're going through some math here. Uh, new Uniswap rewards will be able to be claimed from the Splinterlands game website in the same way as rewards from the currently running promotion. Players can click on the claim Uniswap rewards option in the settings menu and enter their ethereum wallet address to see what rewards they have available to claim then they will have the option to claim their to claim them which will pop up metamask or other web3 wallet to sign a message proving ownership of the wallet please note that signing a message does not require making a transaction on the ethereum blockchain and therefore is an instant and has no fees so this is great um, you know if you've never participated in a in an ethereum signature thing it's true it's you know metamask just pops up you click sign no gas is spent and because this is actually a, a hive based token that you're getting there's no gas fees and then you could port it over to ethereum if you wanted to but you know that's that's a different decision because you know part of part of the great thing about having a dark engine crystal liquidity pool is that it's tied to ethereum and we go back to the charts we see ethereum Ethereum's doing all right, you know, <laughs> we're at 725 right now. And, uh, it's just been chugging along now it's below its all time highs compared, you know, when, which is, which is, you know, compared to Bitcoin is not as, as strong, but I think, you know, once, once some of the smart money switches over to Ethereum, which it will, uh, we're going to see dramatic, you know, increases. So I would not be surprised to see Ethereum at, you know, 4,000, 5,000, 10,000, even uh on later on in the cycle typically like what we saw last cycle it lagged by about a month but then uh you know it would you know not to the moon It went to 1400 but you know compared to where it came from that was that was pretty high uh so so i think ethereum has a lot of upsides and now as a liquidity pool if there's no trading at all then dark energy castle will just move along with ethereum and on up and up uh assuming ethereum goes up uh, if there is trading, then that will adjust, but you know it it's never quite one for one and we see this in the leo pool we see this in the dark energy crystal pool that you know the gains are v- are in very similar uh, uh very similar percentage moves so that's all great uh that's that's a big benefit to tying dark energy crystal to ethereum through that liquidity pool. but there's a downside in that uh <laughs> in that you have to pay gas to do stuff. <laughs> so if we look at uh let's look at ethereum gas ethereumprice.org so you can see that oh, that's just this week can we can we look even bigger so this is the gas price over the last seven days we've seen dramatic spikes you know 250. i saw somebody on the on the curve discord uh paid like 350 dollars to, to enter a smart contract or something crazy stuff um and this is kind of a heat map look at the same thing but uh you know it can be very very expensive if you if if the network is congested this is just a problem that ethereum has now they are talking about their scaling solutions and sharding and whatever they have launched their eth2 contract but it's not doing anything yet so you know two years (laughs) that's what they always say Hopefully, something a scaling solution for Ethereum comes faster than that. And if so, you know it's to the moon because once once Ethereum is easy to transact in, then you know it's it's going to be it's going to be the cat's meow and all that kind of stuff. So uh, just keep that in mind when you are when you're entering or exiting liquidity pools like with Dark Energy Crystals. There are gas fees, and because it's smart contract stuff, then you know it's more expensive than a regular just sending Ethereum kind of thing uh plus you know if you want to move your dark energy crystals back and forth that's more gas that you have to spend uh the the nice thing about the the spinnerlands interface you know i i move all my dark energy crystals to and from ethereum through the game interface and they charge uh a thousand dark energy crystals which is pretty pretty cheap they're definitely subsidizing uh ethereum gas <laughs> uh i'm a boomer apparently that's okay uh, you know i'm a gen xer but in spirit i'm a boomer you know that's that's fine by me so so that's all uh, that's all to the good but just you know, be aware of those issues and uh, oh before I forget I wanted to draw attention to a post I made recently how much is the gas you it depends on on what you're doing uh, oh where's my post the, the whole having a blog and then posts being different is, I think, dumb, but whatever. Anyway, here is the post. I'm buying raffle tickets. <laughs> I had 928 uh, Hive, you know, burning a hole in my pocket after some power downs. So it wasn't really enough to worth cashing out to Bitcoin. So I was like, eh, I'll buy some raffle tickets. And, uh, you know, since I, since I made this post, uh, the market seems to have moved without me. Because right now, let's refresh here. Uh how many dollars? Uh I don't know right this second, but um, several. <laughs> uh let's see. So this is this is the raffle inter, you know by sells in Leodex. And right now I have zero raffle, which makes me sad. But my my bid is still showing there. You can see me down there at uh at that 928 1.06. So if anybody's selling in bulk, you know, hit me up cuz uh I like those <laughs> I like those odds better now. And business saying what do I hope to win uh, what I want or hope to win in the ra- well obviously I want uh you know a region. You know, if I could be, you know, if I could match, you know, Matt 2 Castles <laughs> Clark, then I would be very pleased with that. Now, Historically, my luck with random kind of things like this, you know, random number sort of things is bad. So I don't expect to win a region. I do hope to at least get some totems out of it. Uh, right now I have, what do I have, 9,000? Uh, let's check my inventory. Uh, da, 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 da. Raffle tickets, yeah, 9,000. And by the way, Yaba and, and Agro, just uh, uh, some feedback. This is a weird um, design interface having the balance being below like that and other things in different columns. It's like, if things are gonna be stacked, then they should be stacked. If they're gonna be in columns, they should be in columns. Um, So for me, I would, oops, where where did I go? For me, I would put everything in a separate column. So balance would be a a separate column next to that. Just, you know, feedback. Um, So yeah, I've got 9,000 raffle tickets. If I buy some more, maybe I'll get up to 10,000-ish. And we're looking at, uh, eight or 900,000, um, total. So hopefully that will, uh, that will work out. So uh, right now I've got about 1% of the pool, uh, of raffle tickets. So we'll see. It's entirely possible. I get skunked, (laughs) but hopefully not. Uh, you know, I, I am. I am. I'm not optimistic about it, but I am. Uh, I'm hopeful. You know, without reason, let's say. I guess that's what hope is, right? Not having, not having reason. Now, uh, another game update to to consider is uh, Aggro came out with a post about Splinterlands tournament updates. Right there, and uh, it's it's a lot. <laughs> So basically, uh, I you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, but basically, uh, everything's being rejiggered, refigured to, um, to be more, more spread out. And, um, uh, you know, with the change in the, in the entry fees, uh, kind of stuff, it's, you know, people have been, people have been complaining nonstop in the discord. So. Uh, you know, as, as I likes to say, there's really only one complaint in, in crypto and that's, I want to do less and get paid more. So <laughs> just another day in tournament paradise. And, uh, so this, you know, so, you know, here we have the schedule of, of rotating stuff, which, you know, uh, I think is fairly even it, um, you know, goes through a whole bunch of different, different leagues and different editions and all that kind of stuff. We do know that roughly half of the tournaments are geared towards the current edition, which in this case is Untamed, or Untamed plus Dice. And then the, um, you know, paying outs, you know, they're paying out $2,750 per week for regular tournaments. We Then we have a $1,000 a month brawler using $5,500 divided by two weeks, we calculate the amount of money available. Then we use the adjusted collection power amount of each tournament to determine value per tournament. This result can be seen in row Z talking about this spreadsheet here. And let's go ahead and paste that in. So you can take a look at, at all this kind of stuff. Uh, if you are in the, uh, in the, uh, in the mood, but basically, you know, I am strongly of the belief that, uh, tournaments should be for appropriate league players only and this is this is contrary to what uh, other people have been doing and even to a degree of what you know uh, what is showing here because so uh, you know if we have a if we have a bronze level tournament with a certain level with a certain reward structure you know a certain amount of payout going into there i think only bronze players should go in there you know and if we have a diamond level tournament only diamond players should be in there and you know i think that's just um <laughs> Oh, Biz agrees with me. He supports more league-specific tournaments too. I, you know, so that that's going beyond uh, beyond what what is here, where there's just different levels of fees to make it uh, to make a disincentive, because you know, if I'm, I just try to put myself in the mind of a new player, you know, just got the summoner Spellbook, playing around, got some virtual cards, maybe has some rewards cards, you know, and is and is in the bronze league, you know, legitimately, and and is uh, is, um, you know, a new player you know i think giving them a realistic option of joining a tournament and winning a sizable pot relative to their account size is way more attractive than than you know people who are playing you know gold diamond champion leagues coming down and just you know smashing competition uh so yama says that being said it's also cool to have some lower level tournaments that everyone can play and just to switch things up with the lower level cards there eh, maybe um i you know i can say for myself um i can say for myself that that is not fun at all <laughs> but but you know uh obviously different people have different opinions there and business saying you know he wants he likes at least 50 percent. so yeah it doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing kind of thing but i think there should be uh there should be you know league specific things just just to give those people in those leagues kind of their own thing you know and there should be league specific tournaments for champions that have huge payouts and the competition there would be insane because you'd have all the top players uh, fighting over a large pot of money. Uh, <laughs> Hagrid says, "Oh, good! Can't wait to completely rebrand another forty tournaments. Uh, annual tournament champions—I think that's a great idea, Justin. Um, I think you know, even even annual, you know, bronze level or silver level or whatever uh, tournaments. I think that'd be lots of fun. Um, <laughs> uh, hard work builds character." so uh so yeah so you know obviously i wrote and and team are listening to the feedback uh of people complaining in in discord but uh, as always it, it comes down to you know well one people want to do nothing and get paid and also the game wants to incentivize you know building your deck playing you know building time uh what, what, I'm trying to remember the three things aggro says but it's like uh stake time and skill those three things so, you know, time, uh, skill comes with time for the most part. Stake comes from, from time and or money. And, uh, you know, those, that combination of things I think should be, you know, incentivized and rewarded. So I, I'm a fan of the overall, of the overall tournament uh, payout system as far as, you know, keeping players engaged. Uh, but, you know, everybody has their own ideas and I, and I have mine. <laughs> But you can, you can read the whole post, uh, if you like, and get into the nitty-gritty there. But it's a bit beyond what we have time for at the moment. <laughs> Iger says he's honored that he, I remember stuff he says. I remember lots of stuff, sometimes. Uh, but uh, Unit QM is saying, is there a league tourney for people who want to play but not own cards? Uh, so there kind of is, actually, in that... Uh, so I had this NASCAR idea which I've only done one or maybe two tournaments out of where I created eight identical uh, playing decks and then they would be all entered into a tournament and then different people I would hand out posting keys you know you, you know for for a fee and people could win you know battle and win and, and we'll see we'll see what it is uh, but that ended up being a lot of work so I haven't done more of that uh, so, know we'll we'll see uh but if you are in the in the novice and bronze areas your virtual cards uh from your summoner spell book should be maybe not sufficient but should at least get you in the in the uh in the tournament um i don't know if you can hear my kids screaming in the background or not but uh that's always fun joys of working from home <laughs> so so yeah that's that's uh tournament updates and other things i wanted to check out at the moment as i'm getting distracted because of my kids uh, in the last place yeah somebody's got me in last place you know sometimes me you know i don't actually play a lot of tournaments uh, simply because you know i'm not i'm not good enough to play this really well and uh it's generally not you know worth the time for me but uh, i do do some occasionally um, but, you know, I'm more focused on, on having more cards and putting them through deck 404. And in fact, I was looking at my my uh, my winnings over the past little while, and I know you can't see my spreadsheet right now, but um, just take my word for it that there is one. Let's see, last season, so so since the 17th, which is the end of the previous season, I've made uh, 220,000 Dark Energy Crystals. And the previous season, I made. Uh, let's see. Let's try to find the large payout number. I made uh, 246,000 dark engine crystals, and that's that's my 50% owner share of cards that are being that that are being played on my behalf. Do I spreadsheet my winnings Of course, I spreadsheet my winnings. <laughs> Actually, uh, Gerbot has a fantastic command. So you can do like transfer CSV, and then, um, and then uh, an account name. So I could do like Aggroed and Dark Engine Crystals, and then it'll it'll parse through the history of of uh, um, Hive Engine, and it'll spit out a CSV file. But that is uh, so that you can download your history, and like if you're in Deck Four Hundred Four, it'll have a memo line saying Deck Four Hundred Four. Earnings or winnings? What does it say? It says Deck Four Hundred Four earnings. So, like today or yesterday, I have this payout. That is hard to see uh, from Magnalium, which is one of my NASCAR accounts that is playing, you know, uh, in through Deck Four Hundred Four, and it paid me one hundred and eighty-one as my fifty percent split as as the owner of those cards. And uh, then you know, transaction IDs and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to keep track of as far as my ROI on decks, hard to say, cause you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I haven't kept real good track on that. I can tell you, I have about 30 million, uh, collection power staked in those accounts. Uh, it might be a little bit lower than that, but somewhere around there. So if I'm making, uh, if I'm making, you know, 200,000 deck per season, let's you know and that's that's actually unoptimized cuz i still haven't i still haven't gone back and and adjusted for uh, for collection power changes but um if i'm making 200,000 a season, you know, times 24, that's, you know, uh 4.8 million on you know, 30 million. That's you know, 15%, 20% something like that. Um you know, for doing nothing. <laughs> Just setting it up one time not too shabby. And, and that that can be boosted. I just haven't really put in the time to, you know, because what happened was when I originally set it up was I had a bunch of regular foil teams and I had a bunch of gold foil teams. So the gold foil teams have like 2 million collection power, but they're still Silver League. So they end up getting into gold, you know, two, gold, one maybe. And then, you know, that's as far as they can go uh, because they have the collection power, but they don't have the strength of the deck. So what I need to do is I need to go back and s- split that up so that my Silver League teams are, you know, have enough collection power across the board in order to get into gold, rather than being limited at, like, silver 2 or something like that. So, uh, that, that ROI can and should be boosted. I just just haven't done it. Uh, because I never seem to have, like, a day to, uh, fill with, uh, peak monsters and do that delegation. I did it on, on two teams, where I, I took a gold foil water team out of one, replaced it with a regular foil, and then swapped it to the other account. But, um, I've only done that the one time because that was that was hard enough. When you have as many cards as I do, it becomes like a whole thing to, to do any major changes like that. Just because it's a lot. Anyway, uh, turns out we're coming up on time. I was gonna show you some other stuff, but we are out. So thank you all for coming and uh hope you have a good week, have a good new year, and we'll talk next time. <laughs>